Have you ever noticed a change to your pea smell after eating asparagus? Have you wondered, is this normal? On this episode, we will discover the incredible vegetable asparagus, its history, nutrient composition, and why this pea change happens. I'm Professor Megan. I'm Professor Susan, and we're your Your nutrition nutrition profs. We are registered dietitians and college professors who have taught more than 10,000 students about health and nutrition. We have answered a lot of questions about nutrition over the years. Some questions we get asked every year, and some are rarely asked, but very interesting. We are here to share our answers to these common and uncommon nutrition questions with you. So bring your curiosity and let's get started. Welcome Welcome to to our class. Welcome to the very first episode of the Your Nutrition Profs podcast. We're so glad you're here. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but never imagined hosting my own, but here we are. After so many years of teaching college students, Susan and I realized that we field many of the same questions each year, and we thought other people may have these questions too. So one day, after a glass of wine or two, one of us made some offhand comment that maybe we should do a podcast So we thought about it a little bit more, drank a little more wine, and we thought, why not? Let's do it. So here we are, our first podcast episode. We hope you enjoy listening and maybe learn a little something along the way. Let's start with our first question, which is often asked by students when we're talking about digestion and urination. Why does my pee smell after I eat asparagus? I love this question. Usually the one that asks it in my classes is the sort of timid student who sits near the front and is a really good student, but is a little bit afraid to talk in class. She'll usually come up after class and and say something like, Miss, why do I smell a funky odor in my urine after I eat asparagus? Always in a whisper. (laughs) Or it's the boisterous student in the back of the room who bursts out with questions like, why does my pee smell when I eat asparagus? What's that all about? (laughs) These outbursts often aren't even on topic, but students. Yeah, I love students like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Susan, do you eat a lot of asparagus? Does your pee pass the smell test? You know, I didn't eat a lot of asparagus as a kid, but um, I, I I do eat it now. I started eating probably in my 20s, and when I do eat it, uh, my pee does smell. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How about you? You know, I actually didn't really start eating asparagus till my 20s either. As a kid, I did not like asparagus. I actually used to take it, like, take it off my plate shove it in my pocket, sometimes <laughs> green beans hilarious. too, and then flush them down the toilet later. Oh. So I, <laughs> because my parents wanted me to eat like three more bites. So I was a really picky eater as a kid. I've started to integrate it a little bit more, but it's still not my favorite. But when I eat asparagus, I don't have any sort of smell. It's really interesting that I don't experience this, but you do. What causes this odor phenomenon? Well, we did some research and here's what we found. But first, let's talk a little bit about asparagus. Megan, did you know that there are 250 types of asparagus? No. And if you had asked me, I would have said 20 tops. Yeah, seriously, right? 20 seems like a lot. 250. (laughs) But 
pretty much the one that we eat is uh, asparagus officinalis. That's the science-y name for it. And a couple of fun facts about asparagus that you may not know. We usually eat the green, but you can also find it in purple and white. And white is just green asparagus that's grown in total darkness. I don't know if I've ever seen the white. I've definitely never seen the purple. I haven't either. I typically eat the green. Oh, yeah. I pretty much eat the green 90% of the time. I think I have eaten the white at least once. And to be honest, I couldn't tell whether it tasted differently from other colors. Interesting. What we actually eat for asparagus are the root shoots of the plant that come up out of the ground. So we put a picture in the show notes of how it looks when individual asparagus spears are coming straight up. And until I saw that picture, I really thought it grew in bunches. (laughs) You know, I've never thought about how asparagus grows, but that picture, it's so crazy. It looks like a little mini asparagus forest. I know. It's really cool. If you decide you want to grow it in your garden, you need a, a nice sunny spot, but you'll have to be a little bit patient because if you plant it from seeds, it takes four years before you actually get to harvest any asparagus spears. Four years is a long time. I'm not sure I like asparagus enough to to wait four years to grow my own. Well, there is an alternative. You could plant the crowns, which are one-year-old plants, and then you only have to wait three years. (laughs) That's still a long time, right? (laughs) That's still a long time. If you like to forage, you might be able to find wild asparagus in a sunny spot out somewhere in the wild. <laughs> that, would, that would be interesting. I, I hope one day to come across some. Wouldn't that be fun? Asparagus has been cultivated for thousands of years. They found depictions of it on ancient Egyptian architecture from as long ago as 3000 BCE. They found evidence it was eaten in ancient Spain and Syria. The Greeks ate it. The Romans ate it. And it was actually considered a beneficial herb and thought to have medicinal properties. Galen, a Greek physician, actually used it to stimulate urination in his patients in an effort to improve their kidney function. Its use spread throughout Europe, and it came to North America with the Europeans in the 1700s. Americans consume, get this, over 500 million pounds of asparagus each year. That's a lot. I know. That's 250,000 tons. I did the math. (laughs) 250,000 tons. I can't even picture it. Yeah. Most of our asparagus comes from Mexico and Peru. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Asparagus Day is May 24th. So put it on your calendar. I wonder why they chose May 24th. I don't know. It's a good question. (laughs) Asparagus is very nutrient-dense, meaning it has lots and lots of nutrients per bite. A typical serving of about six spears that are the length of your hand provides about 22 calories and up to 40% of 10 vitamins and 9 minerals. It's especially rich in vitamin K, which we need for blood clotting, folate, which is needed during pregnancy and for making DNA, and thiamine, which helps maintain the body's metabolism. It's also high in copper and iron, which are needed to make hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is a protein on your red blood cells that helps you carry oxygen. It's high in selenium, which is a powerful antioxidant. We're going to talk about antioxidants in other episodes, but let's just say that antioxidants protect cells from damage that can cause inflammation, aging, and some diseases, like some forms of cancer. A serving also provides two grams of soluble fiber. That's about 8% of what you need in a day. That's not too bad for a serving, but it's not as good as veggies like avocado, Brussels sprouts, or artichokes. 
not only does asparagus contain a plethora mm, I love that word. of vitamins and minerals, it also contains several known substances called phytochemicals. So phyto is spelled P-H-Y-T-O, and that means plants. So phytochemicals are plant compounds that aren't considered official nutrients, so not exactly the vitamins and the minerals, but these other important substances that are believed to really benefit our health. Many phytochemicals are part of plant pigmentation, and that's why they always say, and why we always say to eat the rainbow, lots of brightly colored fruits and vegetables, including asparagus. We posted a diagram about the nutrients in asparagus on our website, yournutritionprofs.com. Make sure you check it out. It's also a very versatile veggie. I literally Googled asparagus recipes and got over 91 million hits. 91 million. So I'm I'm not the best cook. I, I try, but 91 million, I, that's a lot. 91 million ways to love asparagus. <laughs> But back to our question, what causes the unique, funky, and pungent pea smell after consuming asparagus, and why can I smell it, but Megan can't? We've probably been thinking about this and pondering this important question since we began eating asparagus thousands of years ago, but some notable figures have mentioned this phenomenon in their writings. In 1702, French botanist Louis Lemery wrote, asparagus causes, quote, a filthy and disagreeable smell in the urine, as everybody knows, end quote. And according to a book entitled Fart Proudly, The Writings of Benjamin Franklin You Never Read in School, in 1781, he wrote, quote, a few stems of asparagus eaten shall give our urine a disagreeable odor, end quote. If anybody wants to read this important book from one of our founding fathers, <laughs> I will post a link to the Fart Proudly book and you can purchase it and read it for yourself. If you read it, let us know how it is. The French author Marcel Proust also wrote in 1929 that asparagus, quote, as in a Shakespeare fairy story, transforms my chamber pot into a flask of perfume, end quote. Perfume. Yeah, I know, right? Really? Right. So the first guy uh, thinks it's disagreeable, disagreeable or a terrible odor. So and, does Ben. Yeah, that's right. Good old Ben. Good old Ben. And Bruce thinks it's a perfume. I certainly would not describe it as perfume. <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> so what's really going on? Asparagus contains an acid called asparagusic acid. And as you might expect from the name, asparagus is the only known plant to contain it. This acid breaks down during the digestive process into pieces. The sciencey word for that is byproducts. These byproducts contain sulfur, and we all know what sulfur smells like, rotten eggs. One of these sulfur-containing byproducts is called methylmercaptan, and it's actually the same stuff that we put into odorless natural gas so that we can smell it in case of a gas leak. But there may be as many as 21 different byproducts created when we digest and break down asparagus. So when you pee after eating asparagus, scientists think what you're actually smelling is the sulfur byproducts that almost immediately evaporate. And that is the funky, unpleasant smell. This can happen really soon after eating asparagus, in as little as 15 to 30 minutes, 
and the smell can last for several hours. I know that's true for me. I usually start to smell it at about 15 or 30 minutes after I eat it. Interesting. That's fast. That is fast. But here's another weird thing about this. Many other foods like cabbage and onion and even eggs, of course, have sulfur-containing byproducts, but they don't produce the same urine smell. Scientists aren't really sure why. Although they've been thinking about this for hundreds of years, or maybe thousands, it really hasn't been a high research priority. I mean, should we cure cancer or figure out why asparagus, and only asparagus, makes people's pee smell in a certain way? (laughs) But, folks, we were able to find a few peer-reviewed research studies about this phenomenon. Scientists specifically identified two research questions to be addressed. Number one, is it a production issue? Does everybody break down the asparagusic acid similarly, or do some people not break it down as easily? Since every body is different, digestion is a little bit different, too. The theory is that some people can break down the asparagusic acid into the sulfur-containing byproducts more easily than others. Those that are good at breaking it apart will experience that funky pea smell. We're going to call them stinkers. While others may not produce the odor at all, perhaps due to some biological difference in their digestion or metabolism of asparagus. So I'm a stinker. Exactly. And the second question is, if it's not a production issue... Is it a perception issue? Does everybody break it down the same way, but maybe not everyone can smell it? So we're going to call those that can perceive the funky smell as smellers. So I'm a stinker and a smeller. Yes, you are. (laughs) In an early study from 1980, a group of researchers designed a smell test, which attempted to determine who has the ability to smell the unique odor and at what level. Here's what they did. They had a man empty his bladder, then eat 450 grams of canned asparagus, which is roughly the equivalent to 24 spears. That's a lot of asparagus. I don't think I could do it. Oh my gosh, that's four times the normal <laughs> serving. Like I said, what, six or seven spears is a serving? And if you, th- I, I, I'm always just picturing the guy, right, on number 21, number 22, like barely being able to chew and swallow. Forcing it. himself. Yeah. <laughs> Six hours after he ate the asparagus, they collected a urine sample, sealed it in a container, and froze it. Interestingly, the man could not smell any odor in his own urine. Interesting. So that might be like me. Yeah. Okay. A few days later, they thought out the sample. They split it into smaller test tubes and diluted test tubes with varying amounts of water at 12 levels. Now, 12 levels seems a little excessive to me. You know, you would think maybe four or five, but they yeah. did 12. So level zero was the undiluted urine from the test subject, and level 12 was mostly tap water. The idea was not only to determine who could smell the odor at all, but also at what concentration they could smell it. They recruited 328 people to smell the samples. Megan, would you volunteer for something like that? You know, I am I am a huge fan of volunteering for research studies when you can. In grad school, I know I volunteered for many, a lot of my peers that were doing their studies. But I don't know if I'd if I'd want to sign up to smell someone's urine. Uh, Maybe if they paid me, but they'd have to have a lot of grant money for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
Well, all 328 could tell that the urine with a really high concentration of asparagus byproducts, level zero, smelled differently than tap water. But keep in mind that they were probably smelling a sample very near their noses, not a few feet away, like when you urinate in the toilet. And seriously, this guy ate four times a normal serving of asparagus, so I'll bet his pee smelled really funky and unusual. About half of the subjects could smell the odor at levels one through four, but only about 10% of subjects were what the researchers called super smellers, able to smell it in the much more diluted samples like numbers eight, nine, 10, 11. So I wonder if I'm a super smeller or just a regular smeller. Uh, we could we could recreate this, Susan. We could do this. Maybe on May 24th, we'll hunt down some green, purple, and white asparagus, and we'll <laughs> then you'll be the one eating those 24 spears. So I think we should do it. We have to eat 24. Oh no! I think and we then, should do a more normal, a no, more normal side, don't you? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds like a like a fun day. <laughs> Okay, so most of the smellers couldn't identify the strange smell as asparagus. They just knew it smelled different than tap water. Now, this study was done in Israel, and apparently in the 1980s, asparagus wasn't a commonly consumed vegetable there. So so not like in America where we're eating 250,000 tons each year. No, not even close. I've never been to Israel, so I don't know if that's still true. If you've been there and know the answer, let us know. Some researchers have hypothesized that non-stinkers may be missing an enzyme in the asparagus pathway that would reduce their ability to produce the odor, which would be a production issue. People could have varying amounts of this enzyme, which could lead to varying amounts of this funky pea smell creation. So another research group recruited adults through newspaper ads, flyers, and word of mouth to see if they could identify this possible enzyme. Wouldn't you love to see one of those flyers and see what it actually said? I wonder if they really told them what they had to do. I really don't think so because apparently a lot of people showed up and several people passed on this opportunity. (laughs) Amateurs. They they decided not to participate. Uh, So subjects who did want to participate or begrudgingly participated, (laughs) uh, came to the lab on two separate mornings and were told not to consume any asparagus in the prior 24 hours. On the first day, they provided a urine sample when they arrived, the before asparagus sample. Then they ate about seven spears of roasted asparagus, so not like 24, just seven, (laughs) a more reasonable serving, and drank 16 ounces of water. About two hours later, they provided a second urine sample called the after asparagus sample. On the second day, they did the same thing, but this time instead of asparagus, they ate bread as a control. All the urine samples were frozen and saved. Subjects came back a few days later to smell their own urine, other subjects' urine, and to choose the samples where they smelled the unique odor. Here's what they found. Only about 8% of subjects do not produce the odor at a concentration high enough to be detected by other subjects, so non-stinkers. And only about 6% of subjects couldn't smell any strange odor at all, even though they all had normal smelling function. Again, they're probably smelling the samples close to their noses and, and not how it would be in a real life situation. But this non-smelling group probably has specific anosmia, 
a sciencey word for smell blindness or the inability to smell a specific odor based on their genes. In fact, researchers think they know the exact gene is probably in the OR2 family, which sits on chromosome number one. It's so crazy that we live in a time when we can figure out the exact genes on the exact chromosomes that affect our ability to smell or not smell a specific odor. Amazing. Ain't science great. (laughs) So the conclusions of the researchers in this study... One, the ability to produce the smell varies greatly among individuals, but 92% of participants were stinkers at some detectable level. Number two, there was no missing enzyme that was found. And three, the ability to smell it can vary based on your genes. Maybe the non-smellers are genetically different from smellers. They can't smell it in their own urine or in samples from others. Researchers also speculated that the ability to smell it could be based on how often you smell the smell. In other words, repeated exposure to the odor in your own urine makes you better able to smell it in other samples. And here's one more study, this one focusing on perception. A group from Harvard asked about 7,000 men and women this question. After eating asparagus, Do you notice a strong characteristic odor in your urine, yes or no? The split was 60-40. 60% said, no, I can't smell anything. They considered them non-smellers. And in this study, people reported smelling or not smelling based on normal conditions, right? Researchers compared the gene profiles of smellers and non-smellers to determine the exact genes involved with this asparagus anosmia. Guess what? They identified 871 points of genetic variation. 871. That's wow. a, that seems like a really high number to me. Oh, yeah. Um, and all of these points of genetic variation are on a region of chromosome number one in the OR2 family. The same genetic conclusion as the other study. So it does look like genetic differences cause the ability to smell or not smell this unique odor. But as in a lot of research, there are many, many variables to consider, so it's difficult to pinpoint it down to just one cause. So we know there are at least 21 byproducts from the digestion and metabolism of asparagus and 871 possible genetic modifications that could be involved in your ability to smell asparagus pee. That's a lot of possible variability. (laughs) So what do we think, Susan? Bottom line. This became a much more complicated question than I thought it would be at the beginning. (laughs) But based on the research that we found, uh, it seems like almost everyone produces the odor to some extent, although the concentration of the odor varies greatly. Only about 40% of the population are smellers, can actually smell the unique odor under normal conditions. If you can't, You're in the majority, and like Megan, you may be a stinker, but you're not a smeller. But even though for about 40% of people, this unique, funky odor is unpleasant, that is no reason to avoid asparagus, guys. It's nutritious, versatile, delicious. Get some asparagus today, try one of those 91 million recipes online, and see if you're a stinker and or a smeller. 
If you're not going to grow your own asparagus or forage in the wild, (laughs) we've included some buying tips for the grocery store or farmer's market on our website, yournutritionprofs.com. Thanks for listening today. Join us for our next episode where we will answer the question, how many times a day should I be pooping? (laughs) Class dismissed. you enjoyed this episode you can find the show notes and a list of sources on our website yournutritionprofs.com your homework is to follow us at yournutritionprofs on instagram and to listen to our next episode you can listen on amazon prime apple Podcasts, spotify or anywhere podcasts are found we'd appreciate it if you'd like us write a review subscribe and invite your family and friends to join us too If you have a nutrition or health question you'd like answered, let us know. We may do a show about it. Send an email to yournutritionprofs at gmail.com or click on the Contact Us page on our website. Thanks to Brian Pittman for creating our artwork. You can find him on Instagram at brianpittman77. See you next time. time.